What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Backup Fantasy Sports. It is Tuesday, October 18th. My name is Ewan, and on today's episode, we will be getting into some fantasy football with a Week 7 Waiver Wire podcast. What do I do in this episode each week? I go through the ESPN roster rates, and I will suggest three players at quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end who are less than 60, 40, and 20% rostered on ESPN. Uh, That's kind of the whole gist of the episode. So I start with running backs, then wide receivers, tight ends, and then for this week, I'll actually be just talking about some streaming options at quarterback as the bye weeks have begun and who is on bye this week in week seven. It is the Buffalo Bills, the Los Angeles Rams, the Minnesota Vikings, and the Philadelphia Eagles. So we are going to be missing several key fantasy football contributors. Just want to say before I get into the meat of the episode that you can follow me on Twitter at you in or you out. That's E-U-A-N or you out. And you can like, subscribe, and rate the podcast on Spotify, Apple, Google, Overcast, and a bunch of other fun spots wherever you listen to your podcast. So let's get into it here. And I am going to start with the running back position. So who are we missing from those teams on by? We've got Devin Singletary, Daryl Henderson, Dalvin Cook and Miles Sanders all missing from our fantasy rosters this week. Side note here, though, is Daryl Henderson is 69% rostered in ESPN, so he's above the threshold that I would normally talk about, but you should still check your waiver wire for him. Sounds like Cam Akers is on the outs in Los Angeles, and it will be the Daryl Henderson show, at least for right now. So who is my running back that is under 60% rostered in ESPN leagues? It is Brian Robinson for the Washington Commanders. Last week on Thursday Night Football, he had 17 carries for 60 yards and a touchdown. His next three games are the Packers, the Colts, and the Vikings. So some pretty good matchups there for Robinson. He seems to The coaches want him to take over the backfield as he doubled his workload in week six versus his debut in week five. He scored his first rushing touchdown in the season. Like I said, Washington seems committed to giving him the rock. Uh, They want to make sure he's their early down backs. It seems like Antonio Gibson has been pushed more into taking away touches from J.D. McKissick. I saw a lot of Well, not a lot, but a couple of comments on Twitter on Sunday or during the week after the Thursday night game that Washington won the game where they gave Antonio Gibson a ton of touches and they've been miserable ever since. And while that may be fair, it does. Brian Robinson was good in the preseason and now he has his first rushing touchdown and seems to be running with a purpose. And the matchup this weekend against Green Bay is pretty nice as Green Bay's allowed the second most yards on the ground to running backs with 719 rushing yards and they're giving up the 11th most PPR fantasy points per game to running backs. While the PPR aspect may not matter to Robinson as he's not really a part of the passing game at the moment, Hopefully that will develop over the course of the season, seeing as he is rookie and Washington can hopefully utilize him more in their game plan. It is a soft spot for Robinson to follow up his success with another NFC North opponent in week seven. 
and he would be in my thoughts, especially with some of those running backs on by. Moving on to the running back in less than 40% of ESPN leagues, and it's going to be Deion Jackson for the Indianapolis Colts. Now, caveat here is that he himself has a quad injury, so that's not great. And Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines could be back this week. But we also thought that Jonathan Taylor would be back in week six, and he was not. And when JT went out and Hines was still ruled out with his concussion, Deion Jackson stole the show on Sunday with 12 carries for 42 yards and a touchdown, and then he caught all 10 of his targets for 79 yards in the passing game. His upcoming schedule is at Tennessee versus the Commanders and then at New England. So some up and down matchups there, but once again, yeah, monitor the status of Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines, but Jackson could be useful for another week against Tennessee. He's had 25 carries over the last two weeks. He had a 67% snap share in week six with Philip Lindsay also on the field. But I think even in season long, like looking ahead, I think Jackson has now shown enough with his passing game role that he could be taking a big chunk out of Naheem Hines' role as the passing downs uh, handcuff to Jonathan Taylor, and I think it's going to keep Jackson on the PPR radar for the rest of the season. Tennessee as a passing defense against running backs. They've allowed the 11th most catches to running backs this year and is tied fourth for touchdowns allowed to running backs despite playing one less game than every other team this season. Finally, we're going to move on to the running back who's rostered in less than 20% of ESPN leagues, and that's going to be Kenyon Drake for the Baltimore Ravens. Last week against the Giants, he had 10 carries for 119 yards and a touchdown, one catch for eight yards. His upcoming schedule is Cleveland at home and then on the road against Tampa Bay and the Saints. Drake got the opportunity in the second half of that game on Sunday when J.K. Dobbins', Dobbins knee tightened up on him against New York. And it's not what you want to hear for Dobbins, especially someone coming back from a knee injury as gruesome as he had. But Drake took the opportunity and, pun intended, ran with it. He had two 30-plus yard runs and another 20-yard run. And the matchup against his AFC North rival this week is ideal as Cleveland's allowed the most rushing touchdowns to running backs this season. They've allowed the third most rushing yards to running backs, and they've given up the fourth most fantasy points in standard scoring, half PPR, and PPR. So whatever format you want to pick up Drake in, it's going to be advantageous for you against this Browns defense. Should note, once again, with the running backs, there's always these injury caveats that we've got here, but Gus Edwards is also coming back from his knee injury, and it's probably still too early for him. He could be active, but I think Drake is in line for a monster game, especially if the Ravens want to be cautious with J.K. Dobbins' knee and if they're still waiting for Gus Edwards to come back. So my three running backs for this week are Brian Robinson, Deion Jackson, and Kenyon Drake. Let's get over to the wide receivers here. So with those four teams on by, we're going to be missing some 
major players in the fantasy game. We've got Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis, Cooper Cup, even Allen Robinson, if you want to include him now, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, AJ Brown, and Devontae Smith. So there's going to be a lot of people in your leagues that are missing their wide receiver one, their wide receiver two. It's going to be quite a busy week on the waiver wire at the wide receiver position. I know in my main league, I'll be missing Gabe Davis and AJ Brown, so that's going to hurt a little bit. But the first wide receiver I'm recommending here who is over or under 60% rostered in ESPN leagues is Rondale Moore for the Arizona Cardinals. Last week, he had 10 targets, 6 catches for 49 yards. His upcoming schedule is the Saints, Vikings, and Seahawks. And his situation on the waiver wire is a little bit more complicated because... Marquise Brown is going to be out for a significant amount of time with a foot injury. And then on Monday, it turns out the Cardinals traded for Robbie Anderson from the Panthers after his little blow up on the sidelines there. he's uh, Robbie Anderson himself is actually rostered in less than 30% of ESPN leagues. Could be worth a flyer in deep leagues, but I'm not going to talk about him too much today. But also on top of the Brown injury, on top of the Anderson trade, Arizona is getting DeAndre Hopkins back from his six-week suspension, and it's going to make this whole passing game a little bit muddied, and we're not really sure what we're going to get. But what plays into Moore's advantage here is he's going to be the one constant that Calamari has had in the passing game, especially this week with the Cardinals having a quick turnaround on a Thursday night football game against the Saints. He's had 18 targets over the last two weeks, and with Hopkins and Anderson getting up to speed, Moore, I think, is going to be an integral part of this offensive game plan for the Cardinals, especially with how poor they have looked. They need a shot in the arm on offense. Let's get more, more involved in the game. It's tough to say get him more involved because he got 10 targets last week, but Let's uh, get more creative. He's a dynamic playmaker. He showed that in college. So very interested to see if Arizona can make him more of a focal point in the offense with how much turnover they've had at the receiver position. And the matchup against New Orleans isn't all that bad as the Saints are allowing the ninth most catches to wide receivers this year and the third most yards and the sixth most PPR points per game. Next wide receiver here under 40% rostered is going to be Alec Pierce for the Indianapolis Colts. He had three catches on seven targets for 49 yards and the game-winning touchdown over the Jaguars. His upcoming schedule is Tennessee, Washington, and New England, just like Deion Jackson that I mentioned in the running backs portion of the podcast. And in my opinion, Alec Pierce is becoming the undoubted number two option in the Colts passing game. Maybe you want to argue that the running backs could be the number two, but I guess out of the wide receivers, Alec Pierce is solidifying his role as the number two target for Matt Ryan. He's had 60 yards or a touchdown in four straight games, and his offensive snap share has grown in each of the last three weeks. Tennessee is allowing the 12th fewest catches to wide receivers this season, but they're also giving up the eighth most yards and the third most touchdowns to wide receivers. So while teams aren't throwing that much on Tennessee and they're not giving up a lot of catches, when receivers are catching the ball, it's going for a long distance and 
there are a lot of touchdowns to be had. They're also allowing, the Titans are allowing the second most PPR points per game to wide receivers this season. So don't look past Alec Pierce, especially if the Colts game or the Colts running game is still a little up in the air, especially with Hines, Taylor, and Jackson all dealing with injuries. It could be another big week for Matt Ryan, who came back from the dead to give us quite a throwback fantasy performance on Sunday afternoon against the Jags. And my final wide receiver here is a bit of a flyer, uh, but he's rostered in 6.3% of ESPN leagues. It's Wandale Robinson for the New York Giants. He had three catches on four targets for 37 yards and a touchdown this week. His upcoming schedule is the Jags, Seahawks, and then a bye week. But the great thing about Robinson is Giants don't have any healthy wide receivers. This was Robinson's first game back and he was uh, since week one and he was second on the team at targets. He had a 17-yard catch. He had a five-yard touchdown catch. His snap share is also only going to go up with all of these injuries the Giants are suffering at the wide receiver position. They've had uh, their rookie tight end Bellinger kind of come into the fold. Saquon Barkley is just a monster this year. So there is room for a third playmaker in that Giants offense. And with Kenny Galladay, MIA, Kadarius Tony, never healthy, it's someone has to start catching passes at the wide receiver spot. And Wandale Robinson is a rookie. Giants invested some draft capital in him. And while you may not want to start him in place of these big wide receivers that we're missing in fantasy football this week, he is a great stash in deep 12-team leagues and 14-team leagues. And you should, if in any dynasty leagues, just go check if he's not on there. I'm sure he was drafted in most of your rookie drafts, but you never know. There are some reactive managers out there and missing four straight games probably didn't do him any favors in his roster rate. Moving on to the tight ends here. So this week with Buffalo, the Rams, the Eagles, and the Vikings all on by, we're going to be missing Dawson Knox, Tyler Hegby, Dallas Goddard, and Irv Smith from our lineups. And the first tight end here isn't really a tight end. I feel kind of cheap even mentioning this guy as a waiver wire option, but Taysom Hill is still tight end eligible on ESPN and on some other platforms. He's 57.4% rostered. Last week, he had five carries for 39 yards and was two for four passing for 16 yards. So the tight end didn't even have a catch, but he was getting us fantasy points. He has the Cardinals, Raiders, and Ravens on his next three games. And just having this tight end designation when he's not even a tight end is the advantage in fantasy. I think I took advantage of it. It was either last season or two years ago. Um, it did not go over too well with some of my league mates, but if it's there, you got to use it. And then ESPN did switch the designation over to quarterback after that game. Andy Dalton has a back injury. Jameis Winston is still dealing with his own back injury. So could Taysom Hill get more snaps under center against the Cardinals on this quick turnaround on Thursday Night Football? Could happen, but you got to be aware that his position designation could change if he plays quarterback in week seven. It's what happened last year or two years ago. I honestly can't remember, but I think it's still worth the upside for the fantasy points for this one last week if his role increases in the passing game. 
Next tight end under 40% rostered here is Evan Ingram for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's been a pretty popular streamer all season, but last week against the Colts, he had six targets, five catches, and 40 yards, and he has the Giants, Broncos, and Raiders over his upcoming three games. He's had 11 catches and 16 targets over the last two weeks. And this Sunday's matchup against the Giants is ideal as the Giants are giving up the fourth most catches to tight ends. They're giving up the sixth most yards to tight ends, and they've allowed the 10th most fantasy points per game to tight ends. Also, revenge game narrative, Evan Ingram against the Giants who let him walk and now he is in Jacksonville. And even as a long-term play, Evan Ingram, in three weeks, he gets the Raiders as they've allowed six touchdowns to tight ends, which is most in the league. And finally, at the tight end spot here is going to be Cade Auden for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 1.4% rostered in ESPN leagues. Last week, he came up with two catches on three targets for 23 yards, and he has the Panthers, Ravens, and Rams in his next three. Not the easiest schedule for sure, but he will have the opportunity in week seven to flourish as Cameron Bray suffered a neck injury on Sunday, just three weeks after concussion. So that is scary. Apparently it's not related, but you just don't want to risk these things. So if Bray does sit, I think Auden deserves to be on 14 team rosters and could be just a one week flyer if you're especially desperate at tight end as When Brait missed week five, Auden received seven targets and caught six of them for 43 yards. So at the tight end spot here, I would go with Taysom Hill at 57.4% rostered, Evan Ingram at 30.3%, and Cade Auden at 1.4%. For the quarterbacks, we're going to be missing Kirk Cousins, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, and Matthew Stafford. And for this exercise, what I just did was I looked at all the quarterbacks under 60%, And I was just kind of trying to find some nice tidbits, some nice stats in case you just need that one week streamer with these four quarterbacks on the sidelines. Some people will have Dak Prescott coming back. Um, Can't imagine that you would have Dak Prescott if you already had Josh Allen or Jalen Hurts, but maybe Kirk Cousins and Matthew Stafford, you paired them with Dak just in case. So the quarterbacks under 60% rostered in ESPN leagues is Trevor Lawrence and Jared Goff. Under 40% rostered is Daniel Jones and Justin Fields. But under 20% is kind of where it gets interesting. So we've got Zach Wilson at Denver, Jimmy Garoppolo versus Kansas City, Marcus Mariota at Cincinnati, Ryan Tannehill versus Indy, Matt Ryan at Tennessee, Kenny Pickett at Miami, Baker Mayfield versus Tampa Bay, and then Mac Jones slash Bailey Zappi versus Chicago. In the 20% roster range, Jimmy Garoppolo gets to play the Chiefs, and the Chiefs have allowed the most passing touchdowns to quarterbacks this season. Teams are throwing 40.8 times a game against the Chiefs. might be because they're down, obviously, most of the time, but the 49ers may have to open up the playbook and let Garoppolo throw a little bit more, so that's slightly interesting, although I don't trust Jimmy G all that much. But Matt Ryan against The Titans, they're allowing the most passing yards per game and the second most fantasy points per game to quarterbacks. So certainly trying to build on his performance against Jacksonville and against another AFC South rival. And then Kenny Pickett at Miami. If he is declared healthy enough to play this game, Miami only has one interception this season. 
And they've already allowed the most rushing yards to quarterbacks this year. Kenny Pickett can scramble a little bit, so that could raise his floor versus Miami. And then Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi versus Chicago. I just think New England's going to dominate that game. So whoever starts there could find themselves with a couple of passing touchdowns to their name and could be worth like a slight differential play, especially in DFS is probably the angle I would go with there for Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi. So let's run down these guys one more time. So the teams on by, just want to say once again, are the Buffalo Bills, the Los Angeles Rams, the Minnesota Vikings, and the Philadelphia Eagles. At running back, I recommended Brian Robinson, Deion Jackson, and Kenyon Drake. At wide receiver, it was Rondale Moore, Alec Pierce, and I said Rondale Moore, sorry. Alec Pierce and Wandale Robinson. And then at tight end, it was Taysom Hill, kind of, Evan Ingram, and Cade Auden for the Bucks. And then at quarterback, the three guys I'm kind of keeping my eye on as a fill-in are Jimmy G versus Kansas City, Matt Ryan at Tennessee, and possibly Kenny Pickett at Miami, just depending on if he is fit or not. So once again, you can follow me on Twitter at you in or you out. I'm planning to kind of tweet out some of these stats throughout the day, uh, gain some traction on there. I will be writing another DFS value article for rotoballer.com this week. I was on vacation last week, so had uh, Joe fill in for me on the website. Did a great job. Really appreciate that. Uh, but I will also have my DFS or my week seven DFS preview pod out on Friday morning for the podcast side instead of the writing side and then you can also like and subscribe to this podcast on apple spotify google overcast just type in backup fantasy sports just click those thumbs up or five star rating all that stuff this will be i will not be going on vacation again for the rest of the season so i will be here every week for the remainder of the year as long as there is some waiver wire to talk about. So hopefully one of those nine guys can end up on your rosters this week and help you out with the bye weeks for the Bills, Rams, Vikings, and Eagles. But once again, thanks for listening, and I will talk to you next time.